This is Conquering Columbus. Hey, everybody. This is Mike here, and you're listening to the Conquering Columbus podcast. On this show, we interview business leaders, founders, and executives from around Columbus every week to figure out how they got to where they are and what the plans are for the future for them and their businesses. Today on the show, I got the chance to sit down with Michael Wesner, founder of X-Golf Columbus. X-Golf is a franchise which makes this interview a little different from many of our other interviews. And I feel it's a great opportunity to learn more about the franchising process and what it takes to be successful. Early on in the show, I asked Michael how he got into franchising and what brought him to X-Golf. Here's what he said. A few years ago, I was looking at concepts in general to take a stab at and really invest myself, my time, and the resources that I had into it. And what I was looking for was operationally something that didn't put a huge load on the individuals working inside of the business. We all know that concepts, whether they're fast casual or fast food, the labor market's changed. And I felt that there was a shift in the psyche of the people that I might be hiring in terms of the expectations around the type of culture that they might come into, pay that they might be expecting, and some of the benefits that come along with it. Later, we discussed launching a franchise like X-Golf and some of the challenges getting started, especially when supply chains and other issues aren't necessarily cooperating. That was the first place to start, was let me get out and introduce myself to the business community, the chambers of commerce, and the other organizations who are bringing in large-scale events into the city. The control over being able to actually say this is when we were going to open is something I, I wish I had a little more mm-hmm. <laughs> a little more over. Uh, we launched a campaign around opening a specific date. Next thing you know, liquor license construction impact that I'm walking that back. It's tough. You know, you're trying to find that balance between really taking advantage of the awareness being out there with, I don't know exactly, we, we could maybe just have you golfing on the simulators and we're not serving alcohol. We wrap up the show asking Michael about things you should consider when evaluating becoming an entrepreneur, and he gives a great answer. What is the why? For me personally, it's going to be different for everyone, I think, but I'm not far enough down the path yet to consider myself any way, shape, or form a successful entrepreneur, but I've taken a number of steps down that path so far. And being just people oriented, people over profit. What has driven me to kind of put in those late hours and invest all of me into this business is the idea that in addition to hopefully maybe one day making my two very young sons proud would be to just have some sort of positive ripple effect out in the world with those young people we talked about that are working for us. You'll hear all that more on this week's episode. And as always, we hope you enjoyed. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. This is your co-host, Mike, here. I'm flying solo today. Josh got to go to Vegas. So, you know, he left us all here by ourselves. But luckily enough, we've got a great guest, a, uh, someone I actually got to know a little bit over the past few months. He uh, recently rolled out a new golf organization here in Columbus. We'll tell you more about it here in a second. But uh, his name is Michael Wesner, and he owns X-Golf Columbus of Powell. It's a franchise that combines a high-tech golf simulator experience with a bar and restaurant, and they've opened their Grandview location recently. I've been quite a few times myself. It's been a ton of fun. You know, they, you get to play all these different courses, and you get to feel good because, you know, you're hitting the ball off of basically the flat ground all the time. So it's been a great time. Michael and his team, they're hoping to expand their locations here in town as they continue to grow. So I'm excited to be talking with Michael about his experience getting X-Golf off the ground, as well as what the long-term plan is for the franchise and a whole lot more. Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Michael. Excited to be here. 
Yeah, appreciate you joining us. And kind of one of the first places we like to start is just get a little background on yourself, your story. Sure. And and I know from previous experience and talking with you that this is not the first thing you've done. So can you tell me a little more? Yeah, absolutely. So Columbus has been home for the past two and a half years, but I'm originally from Michigan. And I grew up on the east side of the state, outside of Detroit. We'll forgive you for that. Thank you. Absolutely. And no sort of correlation or any fandom towards that organization (laughs) in the middle of the state. I spent a ton of time out on the west side in Grand Rapids, went to Grand Valley State University right there in town in Grand Rapids and studied marketing with an emphasis in sales, played a little bit of college football. While I was out there um, in Grand Rapids, I interned for just a little digital payment startup and It really was that time in my career early on where I was able to get exposed to a variety of things within business, but startups are their own beasts, as I think you would know yourself, right? Mm -hmm. If those of you don't know, we're actually neighbors business-wise down the street, just down the road here in the Grandview Yard. So while I was out in school, I interned for a digital payment startup in Grand Rapids and became fascinated by business, more in particular brand and marketing. Continued to work for this digital payment startup in Grand Rapids while I was in school, but eventually parlayed that into a role right out in Silicon Valley for a digital commerce platform that eventually would transition to a role out in Washington, D.C. for another digital healthcare-oriented startup. And so working alongside these CEOs, the C-suite, and other individuals within these organizations, it gave me a valuable but pretty intense exposure to how they operate, how they bring new concepts to new markets. And frankly, I wish I would have spent a little more time golfing in that period (laughs) of my life. Um, I think it would have came in handy now and I'm excited to kind of take on that next mountain after this whole X-Golf thing. Yeah. And I'm curious, you know, you mentioned early on that you were drawn to brand and marketing. What what about that caught your attention? Yeah, I think it's more the psychology part of it. I'm fascinated by how the human mind works. And in order to bring a new concept into an entirely new market, I feel there's a ton of layers to sort of peel back in order to get into the psyche of the individuals you'd like to eventually see in your establishment. That was super enjoyable for the past 10 years, but it pales in comparison to be able to start something that every single day I can watch the end user smiling with their friends, their families, enjoying some of the best parts of their week. Mm -hmm. So we kind of get to the point where you've had this experience, you've kind of been through the big startups, the high growth, growth at all costs mindset. Yeah. Right. And you decide you want to go do your own thing. Now, were you a golfer? Did you get into golf? Like, is that how you chose this? Like, how did this come up? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, played golf growing up, didn't necessarily grow up near great golf courses or in a place where golf is the culture like it is here in Columbus. And where I sort of have existed for in terms of a hobby is, and passion is it's been in business and trying to build skill sets to frankly feel comfortable enough to take on something of my own. And it wasn't until probably a few years ago where I really felt comfortable that the timing was right to take this on mixed with the data, mm-hmm. just peeling back layers and layers of also data here in Columbus on I mean, you could drive around and get a sense for golf here, Mm -hmm. but when you get a sense for 
the amount of just simply the size of the market, the actual investment that's already been made um, mm -hmm. in facilities and golf courses prior to my arrival. I'm just here to feed that same beast. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, if you're not a golfer, you don't follow golf. You don't realize how embedded golf is in Columbus with the Memorial Tournament, Scioto Country Club, some of the more expensive country clubs that are out here, right? We've got some pretty impressive golfing facilities in the area. And Ohio is pretty big on golf. It's funny to see, even when you go like out into you know, the country of Ohio, right? You drive yeah. 30, 40 minutes out of town. There's golf courses everywhere still. Yeah. It's wild. So you saw that. And how did you end up meeting with the ex-golf people? Were you looking for a concept like this or was, was it just something that you picked up? It Not even particularly ex-golf. A few years ago, I was looking at concepts in general to take a stab at and, and really invest myself, my time and the resources that I had into it. And what I was looking for was something that from a business standpoint was operationally something that didn't put a huge load on the individuals working inside of the business. We all know that concepts, whether they're fast casual or fast food in particular, which is sort of where I started, the labor market's changed since COVID. I felt that there was a shift in the psyche of the people that I might be hiring in terms of the expectations around the type of culture that they might come into, the type of pay that they might be expecting, and some of the benefits that come along with it. And I think this might be a theme in our conversation today, but it very much the way that X-Golf came about was a people-oriented thought. Mm -hmm. What's the type of place that not only myself individually would enjoy actually bringing to life, but the people that are coming inside of the business and spending a ton of hours actually working inside of it. It was important to find something that I could build upon from the people standpoint. And there's an entire infrastructure that we've built into and sort of on top of the X-Golf concept that encompasses just sort of orienting the day-to-day -day operations around trying to find the way that our employees are honestly ongoingly happy. And they, I drive it home every single day. It's sort of the reason why I'm existing inside of this business and sort of have invested the time that I have into it. It's mm -hmm. to try and make a positive ripple effect, hopefully, on, frankly, what's been a group of awesome young people, yeah. Ohio State business students in particular, a couple with military backgrounds and EMT backgrounds, lofty goals from mm -hmm. these guys. Mm -hmm. I'm just hoping to provide what could be a great stepping stone into the next stage of their career. X-Golf hit a great note in being able to attract awesome customers and individuals who may also be able to play a role in that. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to talk about that launch, but actually before we get into the launch, what I'm curious about is, because we don't get the chance to talk to a lot of franchisers, right? Yeah. People who do franchisees, who people who start franchises. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there who think, well, i love to start a franchise someday or, you know, I want to start a business, but I don't have any ideas. How do I get going? Like, what is the concept? So I'm curious, like, what was that process like of getting, I, I don't know, territory for the franchise, things like that. I don't know, yeah. you know how it works. So yeah, yeah. You can walk me through like, what does that look like? And sure. what do you think people should consider if they're thinking about starting a franchise? Yeah, a lot, a lot to consider. The process for X-Golf started with wow, wouldn't this be a great concept for Columbus? And I mentioned the data first step and the data should really be what drives that decision more than anything. And there's so many ways to sort of 
look at data, reorient yourself in all of the different, whether it's the behavioral aspect or whether it's, you know, sort of wealth concentrations, local economy performances. But, you know, we started and looked at the market and said, okay, this is going to be great. And first thought is put it in the middle, right by where Top Golf is, you know, put a mm-hmm. golf mecca, build a huge facility. And interestingly enough, as the process of looking at Columbus on a more macro scale, I ended up in a place where it just actually made a way more sense to go out to the golf communities. Even more than that, what existed out in those communities was a, a, a void for entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, Top Golf's 25 minutes from a lot of people. And yet somehow they're constantly booked up four or five hours on end. Everybody loves top golf. And, you know, I think we sort of play our own role within the golf world. Mm -hmm. We went and sort of took a look at which communities in particular had those concentrations, had those voids and decided to go with a multi-location deal, which is, it adds a lot of pressure and right. it, adds a, it adds a lot of weight to what was going to be a single business, mm-hmm. the amount of awareness you'd like to garner as, as a new concept. But I think when you look at our first location and really where we've decided to kind of set up with a flagship, it's right next to downtown. Mm-hmm. It's the data was actually screaming for a concept like this to be downtown. But what we need for X Golf specifically is a parking lot. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say parking. You know, nobody wants to lug their golf clubs downtown. No, not at all. And and once you know the listeners out there are able to come into X Golf and see it's putter all the way up to driver. Mm-hmm. You've got to have those clubs. So it was important to have that parking lot. In addition to that. We tried to find a development that was hitting its stride. The Grandview Yard's a fantastic place to set up shop. It is still close to downtown next to all of the Scioto Country Club members, but mm-hmm. but also a ton of golfers who are striving to get into the game and get better. And so, you know, going through that process, it was a lot of individual interviews, talking with people out in the community, mixed with the sophisticated sort of analysis of this market. Powell was an entirely different and interesting decision. You know, five or six country clubs right up there will Mm be right near downtown Powell. And you get north, you're a little bit further away from downtown, less entertainment options, further to go Mm -hmm. do some of those things. And, you know, in addition to just serving as a facility with the world's best golf simulators, we also just like to serve as a gathering place for the community that rings true for Grandview and certainly does for Powell. We'll have an outdoor patio up there in Powell with, yep, yeah, an outdoor putting green and private event space. And these spaces are flexible to serve as not just the round out with the buddies, which Mm -hmm. is the best way to go to X Golf, right? But also your corporate event space, your instructional facility to meet with a PGA certified pro to get better at the game do club fittings, as well as host birthday parties and Mm -hmm. and make memories with family, things of that nature. And so we've got two very different markets, but what we're trying to do is is really surround the market and prevent them from having to go so darn far to have an elevated, respectable facility that you could bring anybody to. Yeah. And speaking of that, like every time I go in there, there's always just a really wide range of people. I think I've been five or six times already. Nice. Right. Since you guys opened up and it's, you know, you'll see a group of kind of older gentlemen over there on one bay 
And then over here, there's like 20 something kids like having a blast, just whacking the ball. And then over there, there's some, you know, a couple that's one of them's clearly a novice and is practicing and they're on the driving range in the game and just hitting the ball. I mean, it's fascinating to see how many different types of people you guys get coming in through the door. Yeah. And it's, it's a beauty of the business and was very purposeful in the way that we set it up and have presented ourselves. We want anybody to feel comfortable coming into an X golf facility. X golf is the home of indoor golf. Mm -hmm. And it certainly isn't a tagline. It's, it's something that even into a month and a half of business, we're still striving to be to serve as a wide variety of people as we do means that mm -hmm. we'll have a wide variety of desires for the food menu and the drink menu. And X Golf Corporate does come with some great recommendations, but you know the other beauty of X Golf is being able to really create a product market fit around not just as you mentioned how the facility looks it feels as if it belongs in the Grand View yard and you as a golfer feels if you belong there, but do they have the right beers on tap? Mm -hmm. Is the right type of food that you're looking for in those golf moments there? We're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, it is a ton of fun, right? I've been every time and I, I've enjoyed myself every time. I'm curious now to talk about the launch and getting things off the ground, yeah. right? And specifically, what were the biggest kind of challenges? What were the things that you had to dig into and what were the things that came naturally to you with launching this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned where the heck do you put these things? Mm -hmm. That was the biggest challenge for us. Um, it required a bunch of time. And then you can say, I'd like to set up or it makes sense to set up in a certain community, but finding the right spots, getting the right leases. Mm -hmm. uh, we were hitting the market here in Columbus at an interesting time post pandemic in which the foreseen costs of construction were gonna be much more than what they were even just a few years ago. And so in addition to selecting a location, it was really trying to turn the dials from a business standpoint to figure out where to make the right investments as we're entering into what is a really, really nice development, trying to build a state-of-the-art facility. Mm -hmm. And you're functioning under the hopes that this business is going to be great and mm -hmm. a bunch of preparation and data, but you really don't know until you open the door. So that was one. I did mention, you know, the labor changes coming out of the pandemic as being something that I personally had to adjust to and adapt to. I, like yourself, come from the world of large offices and really just being inside of a larger organization and transitioning to a place where, you know, there's much more patience required in the interactions, whether that's with your customers or with the individuals working for you. Mm -hmm. It did really reorient those business styles and how we turned them and where we decided to put the more, more resources into. Yeah. I have so many stories of 20 somethings that just started at their first job and just make these little gaffes that you're like, did I really do that when I was their age? There's mm -hmm. no way. Right. And you know, like one of, in fact, I hope he's listening. One of our top employees today, he's doing great. Just got an AE role with the company. I won't name him, but congrats in his first couple weeks on the job. I was a, the director of sales at the time, but I was the head of sales and we were meeting up somewhere for lunch with all the team. Right. And I walk in and he's there and he goes, "Sir, dude. <laughs> and I look at him, I go, hi. <laughs> right. Like, what are you seriously hitting me with that? Yeah. Like you realize I am like your boss's boss, head of the company. Yeah. And I, and I kind of go, Hey, that's fine with me, but please don't do that to Jeff, our CEO. <laughs> like, don't, 
don't ever do that. Yeah. But there's just little things like that. It's like the professionalism and things that when you get your first job, you just don't think about. And you said you were working with a lot of college kids and I can imagine. So I'm curious, you know, the other thing that was a challenge, right? We, when we were talking the first time you and I linked up, right? You were LinkedIn messaging your ass off looking for everybody locally that, Hey, come check this out. We're going to be launching. We're going to be launching, but supply chain and construction were a challenge, right? Like, I mean, how did you handle that? And how do you kind of make sure that that launch still goes on without a hitch when you don't know exactly when things are going to be completed? Yeah, no, this is, this is a great point, Mike. And you were around when we were having conversations when my hair was turned gray, falling out, <laughs> and that place was beams for longer than totally expected. How did we adapt? I mean, it, it really, to me, from a marketing standpoint, there was no control over the construction as far as my role in this. You know, we had individuals and teams set up that were doing that. But the more awareness that I could create early on, I think it was going to be more beneficial for us as we not only just opened this first location, but went on to scale. And I tried to be strategic with how I reached out to people. You were no accident. Yeah. <laughs> it was, you're in the Grandview Yard, you're in the business community, and you're exactly the type of individual that we would want inside of our facility. This market down here in Grandview, closer to downtown, is basically comprised of a lot of individuals who are movers and shakers within the business community. Mm -hmm. Those individuals also have corporate events. Mm -hmm. They oftentimes golf. They have birthdays. They need places to get out of the office to go to. Mm -hmm. And so that was the first place to start was let me get out and introduce myself to the business community, the chambers of commerce, and the other organizations who are bringing in large-scale events into the city. The control over being able to actually say this is when we were going to open is something I, I wish I had a little more, mm -hmm. <laughs> a little more over. We launched a campaign around opening a specific date. Next thing you know, liquor license, construction impact that I'm walking that back. It's tough. I mean, yeah. people are messaging me. I already had events scheduled. You know, you're trying to find that balance between really taking advantage of mm -hmm. your, the awareness being out there with you know, I don't know exactly. We, we could maybe just have you golfing on the simulators and we're not serving alcohol. Mm -hmm. Definitely a challenge. I eventually had to just get to a place in my own head where I said it's going to happen when it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. The doors open and, you know, thank goodness the community um, and the individuals that I went out and talked to have come out and support me. Yeah. So one concept we talk about a lot with our team here at FMX is sphere of control versus sphere of concern, right? With the idea being you have, there's a sphere of all the things you can control and actually do something about. And then there's a sphere where it's all the things that you're worried about, right? That That's a much bigger sphere than the things that you can control. So as an entrepreneur, right, what I've seen with a lot of the folks we've had on here is they're really good at focusing on that sphere of control and they put out of their mind the things that are in that sphere of concern, but it's tough, right? It had to be frustrating. Had to be so frustrating. Yeah, it's frustrating. And, you you know, look, there's building up the marketing aspect and the awareness of this business. But there's, as you alluded to, the HR aspect. How are we going to operate this? What are the products we're going to serve? How do we price this in congruence with while you're trying to mm -hmm. do all of these other things? And they're all, frankly, a part of the same bigger picture that if you don't have a specific date, you're just sort of riding into it with a blindfold on, unfortunately. Yeah. But 
today, it's fine. Everything worked out, right? You guys are, I mean, literally, if I try and book something for you three or four days in advance, I can't get a spot in the mornings, which is incredible to me because it's like 9 a.m. I don't think anybody's going to get up to go to this golf simulator at 9 a.m., but they're always booked. And so, like, literally, the only times I can get on Saturdays and Sundays if I wait till today, for example, is like 7. And I'm like, well, that's a little late. <laughs> My wife's not going to let me go golf at 7, so got to get ahead of that. But I'm curious, like, obviously, the market reception has been good. Yeah. And things are going well, and it's always full. But what I'm curious about is... How do you keep that going with spring and golf season coming up? This is another big challenge. I have a fantastic staff of, as mentioned, younger individuals, and some of them don't come pre-packaged with relationship sales skills. And as one person, I cannot do the demo speeches for seven Mm -hmm. bays at one time for numerous hours throughout the day. I wish I could, right? Outside of my sphere of control. And so what's been difficult is, you know, I think speeding up the process in which we're creating a comfortable atmosphere for them to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and put themselves in front of sometimes six, seven, eight individuals and explaining a fairly sophisticated technology, frankly. But, you know, I think over the past few weeks, and as we're turning those business styles, we've put a ton of focus on it and they've come so, so far. And mm-hmm. that shows we have people returning. It's comfortable for you to come back and they're out there mingling and getting to know the names of these guys. But as we look into spring, what we're trying to do right now is create a large customer base of people that see us as their go-to home course for when that weather outside in Columbus isn't perfectly ideal to go out and hit a golf ball on an outdoor golf course. You and I know there's no better place to be than with a couple of guys or gals out on the course, Mm -hmm. just enjoying an outdoor round. Fortunately for me and unfortunately for the golfers of Columbus, it gets dark a lot. It rains a lot. Mm -hmm. The golf season's short. And so, or it's windy or it's windy or it gets too hot. Right. And, that client meeting might be a little Mm -hmm. bit more comfortable inside of 70 degrees inside and the beers are a few steps away, right? So we're, from a marketing standpoint, investing heavy in trying to introduce ourselves Mm -hmm. conceptually to what we are to the market. We're the place to go hit golfs, play, train, entertain. Mm -hmm. You can train, you can have a day out with your family. From that operational standpoint, it's just really putting that focus on creating the type of relationships necessary for us to be an absolute no-brainer when those situations do come up, and they come up a lot. (laughs) Do you guys have rental clubs? This is something I haven't thought to ask. Yeah, yeah, we do. We've got two different sets. Sure. Lefties, righties, men's, women's of sticks, which is a newer player in the golf uh, club industry. And then we've got a partnership with TaylorMade, but... What is in the pike is we're going to be doing fittings, selling clubs for and with Mizuno. How soon? Quite soon. I'm very curious because I got permission from the wife to get some fitted clubs in April. So, and Mizunos have always been what I wanted. Yeah. So I'll be there. As soon as you launch it, let me know. You bet. And what we're trying to do is get this up and running before spring. Okay, perfect. Yep. All you golfers. April, right around April is when I'm going to be looking. So that's right. So you can get fitted. And frankly, and I won't go too far down this path, but as somebody who hasn't been completely consumed with golf for much of my life, Mm -hmm. it's been fascinating to learn about the advancements you can make with clubs that are the right length for your height and and the right, 
I I'm I a, can't wait. I'm a short man over here, five four. Yeah. All of five me, four. Me too. High five and yeah. over there. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> and the club length is so important for me because the standard club is probably an inch or two too long for me. And if that's the case, you can't like your swing path can't be correct. You've got all kinds of problems. And my dad, he's like, if you cut off too much, you're going to lose a bunch of distance. But I'd rather hit the ball straight, right? And make good contact every time. So yeah, the club fitting is so important. If now, let me rephrase. Club fitting is really important for golfers who have a consistent swing and feel like they're not going to make a lot of changes to their swing in the near future. If you're changing your swing, you're constantly working on it, then getting a club fitting doesn't make a ton of sense because you're going to get it fitted. And then two months later, your swing's going to be different and the clubs don't fit anymore. So it's a whole thing. Yeah. Getting consumed by golf. My brother sent me a video the other day and it was this video from Instagram somewhere. And it was like, this guy got taken to the course by his friends and he's like, yeah, you know, I don't know if golf is my thing. I just don't enjoy it. It's really slow. And then he walks up, hits a shot, sticks it close to the pin. And he goes, I'm going to give up all of my weekends and never do anything else and lose all of my relationships because I'm going to be chasing that feeling. And that's what golf is like. That one shot keeps you coming back. Yeah. And it's one of those sports too, that you can play well into your mm -hmm. older age mm -hmm. after tearing two ACLs. This is my sport aside yeah, from jogging outside. And so there's so many ways to continuously tweak and improve in this game. And I think I talk to the guys and gals that come into X golf and a lot of them are competitors, especially mm -hmm. the ones that come back time and time again. And what we're trying to do is really create an environment around them to continuously have the tools there for them to be able to do that. Hey everybody, Mike here. We're going to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, One Columbus, and we are very excited to partner with One Columbus. They really, really share the same vision as us here at the Conquering Columbus podcast, which is really building up the Columbus region to be one of the most prosperous regions in the United States. And One Columbus serves as the business location resource for companies across central Ohio and around the world as those companies grow, innovate, and compete within the global economy. And they help us lead a regional growth strategy that develops and attracts the world's most competitive companies, it grows a highly adaptive workforce and prepares our communities for the future, inspiring innovation across the board. Their mission really is just ensuring the Columbus region is a vibrant place to build businesses and careers. So again, we really appreciate all of their support. You want to learn more about them, go check out their website, columbusregion.com. That's columbusregion.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be right back into the episode. So what are the plans for the future where like, obviously you got the Powell location coming, yep. right? But do you have plans to expand further? What do you want to do going forward? Yeah. Yeah. Moving forward, we want to continue to scale. Mm -hmm. So for me personally here in Columbus, I do think that a third location would work great out in the east of the city. That makes sense. Oh yeah. Sense. Right over by me in New Albany, man. Yep. Put it right there. Yep. Um, Guaranteed. Our conversations are happening and we're really excited about the opportunity that exists out there. And it was difficult to not put the first location in New Albany, yeah, given sure. what I was seeing out there. If I'm a lot being honest, of golf clubs. That's a it. ton of golf clubs. Columbus is a beast when mm -hmm. it comes to golf. And where we're looking to scale is obviously that triangle, but continuing to add on to what we are as a facility. We mm -hmm. mentioned all the different things you can do to continue to improve. On top of that, X-Golf is, as mentioned, a franchise, but comes with this backing of a corporation that's doing some really interesting things from an entertainment and golf standpoint. So we've got tournaments coming up. You may 
have seen our St. Paddy's Day scramble, that's a tournament in which you can enter post scores and really play against other golfers from around the country. That's another layer to this business. What I'm trying to do locally with companies here in Columbus is bring them in to really engage with our customers, get them and their brands associated with the sport of golf itself, and provide really an alternative sort of entertainment venue from all of the others out there. I think that puts us in a great place to Mm -hmm. sort of go on to New Albany. I would love to see a large facility that could continue to build upon what's happening with Intel, Amazon, and the others out there. They're going to need golf entertainment. I hope so. (laughs) It will continue to be cold out in New Albany um, and all of those other things. But we're focused on Grandview right now, just getting this location to be the best that it can be. Powell's already in construction. It should be done by the end of this year, but more likely probably into the early part of next year, Mm -hmm. which puts us at an opening date, just like we did with Grandview right in the middle of our busy season. But, you know, we're going to continue to just sort of build these tournaments, bring in kids clinics and invite as many people as possible to come in and enjoy themselves at our facility. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Curious. Yes. Before we get to our last questions of the show. Yes. What's work-life balance like for you right now? As you know, Mike. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, considering we're here and it's 6.30. Yep. Right? But yeah. Know. At our ribbon cutting ceremony, I I had one person in particular to thank above anyone. And it was my wife, Kara. She mm-hmm. is an absolute super mom. We mm-hmm. just had a baby here on the 20th of January in the facility. Thank you very much. The facility opened up on the 7th, back to that sphere of control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was not the plan. But nevertheless, as I mentioned to you before we started the podcast, I do feel like the luckiest man in Columbus. So that's sort of the precursor to what, what I'm about to say. Sure, um, It is tough, man. I mean, you know, I, I want to be the best dad in the world as, as well as the best boss. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes you're making sacrifices on one front or another. Thankfully with Kara being able to step up and sort of help me and really believe in me through this entire process. Mm-hmm. I really give a lot of credit to her for being able to open up this facility in addition to my partner, Kevin, as well. Yeah, They are the reason I've been able to kind of maneuver through what's been a really, really hectic two and a half years. It hasn't always been easy. Kevin's one of my best friends, Kara. Mm-hmm. It's one of these worlds where as long as I'm continuing to sort of take a step back, not let ego or success really cloud my judgment and how I'm going about my day-to-day and, and where I'm investing resources. Those guys have kept me in check in addition to just being an unbelievable support now. <laughs> it's late nights right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's early mornings, but I've got great staff. And so I really won't put myself in the place to go, yep, I'm the busiest, most tired person in Columbus. Frankly, I just, I I really do feel blessed. Awesome. So Michael, what keeps you going when everything gets difficult, right? All this stuff, like you talked about the frustration and and the difficulties at the beginning, what keeps you going? There's a lot of things, my family and the people around me, but there is a quote, if you don't mind me reading it, that's slightly long and a little dramatic, but it's hit home for me every single time I've found my myself in a place in the sphere of concern over the sphere of control. This is the true joy in life, being used for a purpose recognized by yourself as a mighty one. 
being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances, complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. I'm of the opinion that my life belongs to the whole community, and as long as I live, it is my privilege to do for it what I can. I want to be thoroughly used up when I die. For the harder I work, the more I live. I rejoice in life for its own sake. Life is no brief candle to me. It is a sort of splendid torch which I've got hold up for the moment, and I want to make it burn as brightly as possible before handing it on to future generations. Love it. It's hit home every single time for me, and it's certainly one that I'll read to my sons one day in the future. Awesome. And so our last couple of questions of the show, yeah. right, to wrap us up here. First one. Yes. Do you have any advice for our listeners? Now, our listeners are going to be people in Columbus, typically 95% yeah. or so. Okay. They're from large age range, right? From 25 to 65, right? We've got a pretty broad spectrum, but they're interested in who's doing things in Columbus, what's going on in Columbus, business, entrepreneurship, those types of things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Opening a franchise is far from passive income. Mm -hmm. I never made that mistake in thinking that that would be the case. I have heard it out in the business community quite a bit. And everyone post-pandemic was sort of in a state of, well, what should I do with my life? Where can I pivot? Franchising is a phenomenal route. My experience in building brands and working on marketing was really what led to me to make the decision, hey, I should go and franchise. I don't want to put all the resources into building what is a fantastic brand. Now, I think the thing to take into consideration as you're considering whether or not to open one is the purpose behind all of it. So mm -hmm. what is the why? And for me personally, it's going to be different for everyone, I think, but I've, I'm not far enough down the path yet to consider myself any way, shape, or form a successful entrepreneur, but I've taken a number of steps down that path so far and being just people-oriented, right? People over profit, you hear it all the time. What has driven me to kind of put in those late hours and, you know, sort of invest all of me into this business is the idea that in addition to hopefully maybe one day making my two very young sons proud in the distant future would be to just have some sort of positive ripple effect out in the world with mm -hmm. those young people we talked about that are working for us. They're worth it. They are so passionate about what they're doing inside of X-Golf Columbus. For me, the bigger picture here, I think not only making that sort of positive ripple effect, but being around and surrounding myself with good people that may also in the future do something of significance themselves. And maybe there's a way that I can mentor them or, you know, sort of help prevent them from making some of the same mistakes that maybe I made along the way. Yeah. Makes total sense to me. And uh, so Michael, our last question of the show centered around the theme here on Conquering Columbus, yes. which is live uncomfortable. Yes. So without telling you too much about why we chose that phrase for a show about entrepreneurs and business owners, yeah. what do you think of when you hear it? How does it apply to your life and career? That's life, right? That's the path of entrepreneurship is a complete conception of the idea that you're going down the path of more resistance, not less. If that's not the starting point for you, maybe take another turn, check something else out. I have been uncomfortable for the past two and a half years, and it is the only way, I think, to learn some of the lessons in life that I was seeking. There's some lessons you don't know you need to learn and others that you're sort of out there to try and conquer. And 
entrepreneurship is for the individuals that are looking to just get a little bit more out of life, in my humble opinion, the ones that are looking to kind of make that ripple and wave. I just want it to be a positive one. I hope that someday, long from now, somebody maybe somewhere said, oh yeah, he was an okay boss. But in order to get to that place, there's going to be a lot of long nights and a lot of oh gosh, I'm going to be doing a podcast with Mike Benucci today. I've never <laughs> done a podcast. And moments like those where you just got to shed the vulnerability that you feel and put yourself out there. And maybe some of those lessons get learned and let you get a little bit more out of life at the end of it. Love it. Well, Michael, it's been great talking to you. Thanks so much for coming on and talk about X-Golf Columbus. If people are out there listening and they want to learn more about X-Golf Columbus, where should they go? Absolutely. So you can visit us on our website, which is actually a link tree, easy to navigate. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Columbus. We also are on Instagram at Columbus, Facebook as well. Take a look at what we've got going on, some of our spring initiatives. We've got the St. Patty's Day Scramble coming up, our Masters Watch Party, as well as our Spring League. And signups should open up next week. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. And thanks so much for tuning in, everybody out there. We appreciate all your support. If you want to hear more interviews just like this one, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app you are listening on. It'll make sure you never miss another interview from us. Again, thanks so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week.